Greetings, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Masculine Militia. My name is Antonio Alessina. And this is the first episode of Masculine Militia. And I was intending to um, give an inter- introduction to what the, the, the podcast, the show is about, to, um, to give an introduction of what we intend to do here what masculine militia means, what masculinity is, because, because the podcast is, as it says, masculine militia, okay? Um, there is a void, pretty much, or not so much a void, because there are some people out here who are pushing masculinity um, among men, particularly black men. But the dominant and more powerful, the, the rulers of the society, they don't seem to be pushing masculinity. And um, the rulers in this society have some control, or all of the control, really, pretty much over what people generally think about almost everything. But I was going to go into what masculine militia is, what the concept of the show is, what we intend to broadcast and feed the people. And um, there will be guests here, you know, uh, from time to time. Uh, But right now it's just me and I wanted to make an introduction, but I'm not going to do that. Initially I was going to do that, but I wasn't, I'm not going to do that right now because I wanted to jump into something that was going on right now. And it's the issue with uh, Dave Chappelle and his um, last stand-up, The Closer. And there are people who want Dave Chappelle to be canceled based on what he had to say concerning the LGTB, LTG. I I get the letters kind of confused. I'm not being glib about it but the community, the gay community, um, they want him to be canceled because of what he said, because of things that he said in his stand-up. I wanted to deal with some of that right now uh, because actually that is a part of masculine militia. It's, it's, it, 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 I want to go into the, I want to uphold masculinity. I want to advance it. I want to define it. I want these things to happen. And it just so happens that the gay community, trans, uh, lesbian, these, these communities have an effect on how people perceive masculinity and femininity. And I want to go into it a little bit. Okay. Um, as, as I said, Dave Chappelle had a stand up, the closer. He critiqued, uh, criticized, and joked about the LGBTQ plus community. And the thing is, is that the issue has arisen again um, where there is no criticism or critiquing of the LGTB community, meaning don't do that because when you do that, you're going to face reprisals. 
And the irony is, is that they come off as if they're some powerless community, yet they have the power to basically destroy people's lives. Because if you don't agree with them, if you don't agree with trans and gay people in terms of their lifestyle, in terms of their choices to be that, if you don't agree with that, then you could face reprisals. Because the basic concept is that the motivation for any disagreement of gay, being gay, homosexuality, and all of that, they have made it seem as if the basic motivation with disagreeing with them is that you hate them. That hate is the central motivation to disagree because you disagree with them. You disagree, so you must hate them. Not that I disagree with you and I have legitimate reasons to disagree. Because, see, if there are some legitimate reasons to disagree, then that would actually take away from their legitimate uh, legitimate having a legitimate reason to exist for them to have a legitimate reason to be homosexual, lesbian, trans, gay, all of these things for them to have a legitimate reason to exist. There can't exist a legitimate reason for them not to exist. So any type of critique, any type of, 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 of pushback, that says, I disagree with that lifestyle, I disagree with you, or I critique your actions, I critique who you are and what you've done with the power that you have amassed in this community, then there's, there are reprisals from them. And so I want to go into how that occurs and why it seems to occur. I'm not going to get like super, super into it. I'm just going to hit a few points and I want, you know, I want this to be put out there. Like I said earlier, the central motivation seems, I mean, at least it seems that the LGTB LGTB community um, believes that the central motivation is hate. Or either they believe it is or they use that as a weapon against those who criticize them. Either they believe you legitimately or people who criticize them or disagree with them. Either they believe they le- that you legitimately hate them or you, uh, they, you legitimately hate them or you don't hate them, but they're going to use, they're going to weaponize that to see, to, 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 to cancel you or to, to um, uh, put you back or to, to quell you, to suppress or oppress you. This is what it seems to be. This is what seems to be the case. So there is a movement. There has been a movement by Many in rulership. And when I say rulership, there are many things I could go into, but that's for other conversations that I, and when we want to define that. But I will say this much. 
When I say rulership, I'm talking about those people who are at the helm of steering what people in society think and believe. Those people are usually those with limited, I mean, limitless resources. And they use education, religion, and through the and government and through those things or those things are filtered through media, Hollywood, movies, um, news, social media. There are people who are in rulership. They control these things. So they control what people are feeding on mentally and spiritually every day. And there's a process where mechanisms have been put into our society to help shape how we perceive things, how we look at things. We see things a certain way and we believe many times it is simply because we have come up with it on our own. They have people in government who pay millions and millions of dollars. Well, we don't even have to go to government. Advertising. There are advertisers who pay billions of dollars to influence people's behavior. And not only do they pay, I mean, not only do they pay billions of dollars to influence people's behavior, but they pay it and they get a return. They continue to pay billions of dollars. They continue to do it because they know that their money is working for them. They pay billions of dollars to influence the thinking the emotions, the energy, the passions of everyday people. Everyday people. And they put mechanisms in place, moment by moment, year by year, over time, that actually shapes how people even see or perceive reality. I'm going to start with a couple and not necessarily in this order. But there is a a trope, I call it, um, that has been legitimized, particularly during the social media era, era, where truth has become a subjective thing. In fact, people call it my truth. It's like my truth. See, truth, there's nothing greater than truth. You can't go above truth in this universe. There's nothing greater than truth. 
So when someone says my truth, what they're saying is you can stop right there with whatever you got to say. You, you just hold up. Don't say anything else because this is my truth. And because it's my truth, it, is, it gets value. It gets it gets to be the highest thing to consider because it's my truth. No matter what you say. So there is this thought that when people in our society now commit an action or has a behavior, chooses a behavior, one of the things is they're living their truth. They're living their truth. And because they're living their truth, that means that anybody who wants to say anything against them as they're living their truth, they must be wrong because the truth is paramount. Since they're living their truth, you can't go beyond truth. There's nothing beyond truth. So when a person says, I'm living in my truth, this is my truth, then it's like there's nothing else that anyone else supposed to be able to say. Nothing. So we live in a world where if a person has an opinion and they have an opinion about something, they feel something, and then they voice that opinion, it's their perception or their opinion. But now it's been translated into their truth. Because the value of what a person comes up with has been elevated in order to make room for anyone who wants to step in that vacuum and say, this is my truth. I did this. This is my truth. I think this, this is my truth. This is who I am. This is what I do. And you can't say anything against it. According to the concept. This is my truth. You can't say anything against my truth. My, my truth truth is paramount. Truth, there's nothing beyond truth. So anytime you come against them with a criticism, with a critique, then there's a the, the other concept that's there is that you are automatically wrong. This is what it's put up against. Because if it's if they're living in their truth, then whatever you have to say about it makes you start out as being incorrect and wrong because they're living in their truth. What are you living in? If you say something against them living in what they call their truth, what are you, what are you now doing? Are you, you you're not living in your truth. I mean, cause it's like, well, you can live in your truth, as long as it's separate from criticizing and, and, and having any kind of disagreement with the truth they're living in. There's nothing beyond truth. Truth is the highest. So if a person says, I'm living in my truth, and you disagree with them, that means your disagreement is no. 
even if what you saying, if even if what you're saying is accurate. The fact that they say that they're living in their truth nullifies it. (laughs) It nullifies it. So if I say I don't believe or I don't agree rather with homosexuality, with men being sexually attracted to men and women being sexually attracted to women, if I say I don't agree with that, then I can say I don't disagree. So now the society has been shaped and is being shaped to think that once that is said or believed by a person, that the central motivation for believing that is hate. Because we have been indoctrinated to see hate as something that is not, should not be a part of our society and discourse. Although, the basis of our society in discourse is hate. But if you have a disagreement with someone's behavior, particularly in this instance, as far as the gay community, if you disagree with their behavior, the rulers of this world has shaped us to look at it And say the central motivation for you doing that is that you hate them. So and that goes into many areas. People can rarely have a conversation anymore without. It seeming that because we disagree on something, we can't have a conversation anymore. We can't talk anymore. We shouldn't talk because we disagree. And we're living in an age right now where people say, I I, I believe the science. As if all scientists agree. The scientific method and scientific study at at the root of it is disagreeing. You have to Communicate, test one thing and another from the other, from opposing forces, from opposing people to come to conclusions that can show what the facts are. So people say they believe the science, but they can't possibly, in my view, believe the science because one, you don't know the science and two, at the root of most people's thinking is to reject any type of discourse about something that they already have accepted. Reject it. We're not having the conversation. There is no debate. There is no debate. So hate becomes, according to the people who in this particular instance, in this particular with this particular subject, in most, but this one is what I'm talking about, LGTB, B, LGTB, that community. And I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm only saying I don't really know how those letters go. But they have made it where hate, they believe, or they either believe it is hate that is the central motivation. 
or they think that they can weaponize the hate or what people call hate. They weaponize it so that they can then have power to snuff out anyone who disagrees with them or critiques them. Any of that. Any of that. So what I'm saying is, is that the rulers, and I I say the rulers, I know it's very vague. I know it's very vague. I say the rulers. But we can we will get into those things as time go on in, in other episodes, defining rulers and all these type of things. But if people are very honest with themselves, then they'll know what I'm talking about. I don't have to necessarily go into that. You know. Most people that have a job. You have a job. You go to your job. The people that actually have sway over your life, your economic and financial life, you don't even know them. You probably have never met them. They're rulers. But I'm not talking about those rulers. They're definitely tiers, levels. But those are rulers too. They're in high places. You can't see them. You don't see them in the boardrooms when they're making the policies that govern whether you actually will have a job tomorrow. You don't see that. They're rulers. Now, just imagine, that's just at your job. That's at, that, that is just at your job. That is just at the apartment complex that you live at. That's just the mortgage company that you owe mortgage to. That's just the banks that you ha- that you owe for your, for your car, your home, or whatever you do in life. That's just those people. They're rulers. And I ain't talking about the teller that you go to the bank. I'm not talking about the manager at the bank. If right now, if we, if the, all, the, all the grocery stores closed right now, most of the people in society would be messed up. You don't know how to feed yourself. Because the rulers can close the grocery store whenever they get ready. What you going to do? There would, yeah, eventually there would be anarchy. But what you going to do? Because the rulers rule. And they don't just rule from a point of, um, well, you know, um, they don't just rule from a point of being, you know, some title. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. 
It's real. And it starts mentally, spiritually. So with society being indoctrinated into certain concepts to believe and even how we perceive reality. To say something is my truth is a concept that has to do with shaping how you even perceive reality. What is real? The root word of reality is real. What is real? So the the gay community doesn't want any kind of con uh, um, criticizing or critiquing. I'm sorry. No, because if you do that, then you must hate them. You hate, you hate, you hate them. Either they believe that you hate them or they weaponize the term that they can brand someone else, someone with. So that now that person can be ostracized. And today they call it canceling. You canceled. But who can actually cancel someone? It's the same rulers who have power over who is seen and who is heard in this society. Because only people that can be possibly so-called canceled are those who are in the public sphere. And they're in that sphere because of those who have power to place them there. I mean, I love David Chappelle. I I do. I mean, I love him as a comedian. He's an intelligent man. But he was being paid by Netflix to do this. Meaning, those who own Netflix, they got the power to put you out there or not. David Chappelle left Comedy, Comedy Central for $50 million he put on the table. He felt like, you know, not only was, was he being chump changed for, for his work, but also they wanted to bind him into a situation that made him pretty much a slave in his view. And he said no, took a lot of guts, took a lot of character to do that. He came back on his terms. That's a good thing. However, still, Who owns the airwaves? So if you can be canceled. If someone is calling for you to be canceled. They're calling for you to be canceled. By those whom they know has the power to take you out of the public sphere. Particularly when your financial and economic survival is connected to you being canceled available to the public via the airwaves, television, radio, social media. So to cancel you is to take you out of that. Who can do that? The same people that put you out there in the first place. The same people that put you out there in the first place, they can cancel you. They can take you out. They get calls from 
certain communities and certain people to take you out of it, to remove you from the public sphere. Cancel. And when you are able to cancel someone as a community, that means you have a certain degree of power. A certain degree of power. And there's those who might argue that, you know, there are black people who can cancel. Who have black, the black community actually canceled in another community? As a community. I mean, as a community, black people, as a community, who have we as a community actually, quote unquote, canceled? What other community? What people in other communities? Some might say, well, you know, there were some white racist skinheads. See, these people right here have been so-called canceled for years. That's just a feedback loop. They're only on the scene to give. To It's almost like, you know, um, playing a game where they're on the scene and they're allowed to be on the scene. They're allowed to be on the scene so that they're allowed to be on the scene so that the real racists can hide behind them. In fact, that's what happens. So as far as Black people being able to cancel, just tell me, as a group, who do we cancel? Each other? We might cancel, we might try to cancel each other in the name of some group. You got some black, a trans, gay, lesbians who might want to get on the side of that community because they are part of that community to, to, to cancel Dave Chappelle, for example. But no. No, we don't we don't have the power. So canceling someone is in the power of those who already put them out there. They're saying take when people say cancel, they're saying take your support from them so that they won't have a platform to voice their opinion, to say anything, to do anything and to take their ability to feed themselves away. Are there people that should be so-called canceled? That's debatable. That's debatable. The most vile people, should they be canceled? Or, like I often think about myself, I don't necessarily cut people out of my life. 
I don't. I just let them fall out, fall off. I don't cut them out. I don't push them out. I let them fall off. Because whoever you are, if it is not congruent with who I am and what I'm doing, then usually you're going to you're going to dismiss yourself. If the skinheads and people like that are not people that should be in this society, you don't have to cut them off. But if they are part of this society and they have a voice that is being listened to, that should tell you something. So that's on that end. So hate, back to that, hate is a word that is basically not just a word, it's a label. It's a label. And it is weaponized usually against people who disagree with a group, usually that group's behavior. In fact, in the black community, we started saying somebody was a hater for various reasons. Didn't have to be hate. Somebody could tell you the truth about you and you would just say, oh, you're a hater. It's a label. So when someone disagrees with the LTGB community, then they want to say, "Okay, Hate is the central motivation. For your disagree, for your disagreement. And that's just not true. That's just not true. So, as I was saying, that's one of the mechanisms in our society. My truth being one, it's a horrible way to look at stuff. My truth? Oh, man. It's either true or it's not. It can be your opinion. It can be how you see things. It can be how you feel. But it, but to say my truth, it's, 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 it's almost delusional. And so many of us have accepted that. Because it makes us feel valued. Or, in fact, not valued, validated. We feel validated. Because we can say, this is my truth. And basically, can't nobody take that away from you. When in fact, it's either the truth or a lie. Are you living a lie? Are you living in a lie? When you behave a certain way, if I say, you know what, I am what uh, Dave Chappelle pointed out that J.K. Rowling had said that gender matters. Oh, excuse me. No, is a fact. Gender is a fact. Yes. Because you're born a man. And I and now you want to behave and be seen as a woman if I disagree with that something wrong with me (laughs) something's wrong with me because I don't want to agree with that you're you were born a man and you decide that you feel like a woman like you would know what a woman feels like like how How do you know you feel like a woman? 
oh, you just know something isn't right. Well, you might be right about that, but how do you know it's, how do you know how a woman feels? You think you're a woman with male chemical, biological, and genitalia. you male in every other way, but because you've decided that you have emotions or something has caused you to say, I, I, I don't feel like a man. I don't feel like a male. And then you look and see that there's another way that can be accepted in this society to say, you know what, since I don't feel like a man, a male, then I must be something else. Listen, this is not about if I hate them or if Dave Chappelle hates them or if other people hate people who are in the gay community. Come on now. But you don't even want to have a discussion because to do so may uncover the lie. So you want to kill the discussion in its infancy. You don't even want it to get started. Because it may reveal something. That's what it seems like to me. And you have the power to kill it. That's that's what it seems like to me. So if I say I don't agree with homosexuality, men being sexually attracted to men, I don't agree with it. Then I'm the one that's looked at like I'm crazy by many in the woke above woke community. And I'm going to say this and I may be castigated, but black women seem to be the greatest defenders of homosexuality, of the LGBT, LGTB community, Q community. I'm going to really have to look that up and see what, what the letters are because I don't like butchering it because it seems like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. But there is a um, a defense that I've seen among black women for gay, lesbian, trans people that I've never seen in those same women for black men. In fact, it seems to be that as far as black men are concerned to these people, these black women, they don't even like them. They have a beef with black men. And I, and, and from my perspective, I can understand to some degree why black women defend gay people the way that they seem to do to me two reasons two main reasons one gay men especially black men and even some white ones they basically have this validating effect on black women they imitate black women Because, see, they're not women, but they want to be women. And their architect is black women. And so that gives black women a feeling of validation. You know, somebody imitating you, 
you know, it kind of it can kind of make you feel, you know, you know, like wow, you know, damn. And it's not conscious; it's very subconscious. But validation is a big part of that psychology in defending the gay gay people, gay community. The second thing is there's this camaraderie that black women feel, which still is a part of validation, really. But they feel this camaraderie with that community. And that community actually has them believing and thinking that black men are the enemy because there's this thought that black men, one, are not for black women. They're not with black women. They don't protect. They don't provide. They don't do anything for black women. They hurt black women, black men, that is, hurt black women. With that being the case, on top of that, they seem to... Um, it has come out in recent decades that there's this homosexual down low aspect to many black men. Well, to black, some black men, I can say many. But it's been made to seem as if black men are basically on that kind of time, on that kind of cusp, like, you know, they, 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 they just, uh, they're not really uh, protectors and providers and producers as it concerns black women. And then there in the gay community, there's this thing that's put out that any black man can be gay. Any black man. He's possibly gay. Like, that's the starting point. He can be gay. He's possibly gay. So black women have a camaraderie because of that feeling that they get from gay men mostly as they imitate black women. And then it's validation that they feel that they get from them because of that imitation, because of that emulation. See, if I disagree, then the first people that seem to come out against me would be black women. They're going to defend them. They don't want to hear. And I say them. I don't I don't want to make it seem as if it's every black woman, because this is this is a segment. But I can usually tell that segment. They're usually a part of a contingent that is a part of other things. Like mostly, and I even hate to even be political, because Democrats, Republicans, they both devils as far as I'm concerned. But the liberal contingent of black women are usually those who are the most highest, greatest defenders of the LGBTQ community. They, 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 they go hard for them, but they don't go hard for black men. 
that segment. They will go hard. And they won't see how black men, gay men is a contradiction. What they want to say is black men should basically be those who are in alignment with them in terms of their defending of homosexuality, not the individuals, not the homosexual. I'm not talking about the homosexual. I'm talking about homosexuality. There is a difference. And we'll get to that in another episode. So being a critic of this community could bring about bring about reprisals. Being canceled. The hate actually comes from those people who say they're about love. Because if you disagree, they start hating you. They don't love you. They start hating you. In fact, like I said, they don't want to hear anything you have to say. What you saying? Nothing. They don't want to hear nothing. So the rulers of this society have it where we in this society, our perception of reality, they control it. But the trick is the very people who are under the control, whose perception of reality is in control of the rulers, they, they will tell you, no, it ain't. Boy, it's, it's, so, it's so insidious. They will say that, no, 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 it ain't. They, they, they believe that they're thinking about this particular subject as well as others is correct period, point blank. And if you don't agree, then you the bad guy. Masculine militia will cover, among other things, what it is to be masculine. What is masculinity? And as we cover what masculinity is, then behaviors like homosexuality will be contrary to it. It will be contrary to it. We will go into femininity. What is femininity? Is there a lesbian? Is there a feminine lesbian? They call them fems, the ones that haven't tried to be studs, which is the stud is the male acting emulator. The stud is the male emulator. The fem is the one that's, that basically stays in the female. Um, State, you know, she's more so. That's the that's their opposite. 
The stud is supposed to be like the man, and the femme is supposed to stay as the woman, but she's with a woman. So what is femininity? And I'm going to say this before I um, end this, this episode. Masculinity is energy. Masculinity is the energy that is produced by the male, the human male. I've heard some people say that as a person, you you possess both. I disagree. As a male, I don't possess feminine energy. I don't produce, rather, feminine energy. I don't produce feminine energy. I produce masculine energy. As a female, you don't produce masculine energy. You produce feminine energy. But what ends up happening is we mistake emulation that can come about for many reasons as having the energy or producing the energy. The masculine in, masculine energy is like rocket fuel. Masculinity is the fuel that creates, pushes, allows, and really makes a man want to protect, produce, and provide. It's masculinity. The stronger the masculinity, the more this, the more the male wants to, has a desire to carry his duty out and protect, produce, and provide. As just those main three. That's the basic three. The more masculine he is. Masculinity is not always, and for, for, for the most part, is not physical. It's an energy. You can see it sometimes in some ways. There's some things that are masculine, but when we see a man and he looks a certain way, it's not the look. It's the energy. Masculinity is the fuel. It's, it's, it's what makes him want to do it. It's like it, it isn't something that he has to contrive. It's something that comes out of us naturally unless it's impeded by external forces. A feminine woman, when a man encounters femininity, he encounters it and when he does, it activates the masculinity in him unless it is impeded by something that has already been injected into his mentality, one of which is insecurity, powerlessness. It can impede masculinity as it is activated by femininity. And it's a loop as a woman has feminine energy and she activates the masculine energy in a man, his activation actually activates her. It's a feedback loop. It goes like this. Femininity does the same thing on the other end. It causes the woman to desire greatly to do what is in her nature to do, which is 
some of which rather, to nurture, to counsel. A woman is a counselor. She's a nurturer. She creates the environment of peace. That's a great part of her nature. And femininity is a, one of what I call one of her superpowers. She has two more in my estimate. She has many, but the main three. Femininity being one, subtlety being the other, and intuition being the other. We'll get into those another time. But when we talk about masculinity, there's a void of masculinity in our society. When you look on television, the news, and even as it gets more and more into television commercials, you see a lot of low masculinity men, low masculine men, I'm sorry. Or just straight homosexuals. I'm not saying take them off the news, but you know what? They always said, same people will say that representation matters. Why? You don't think that if you have all these homosexuals on television, but no masculine men on television, this is what our children grow up to see. This is what we see every day. That doesn't matter. That, that representation doesn't matter. It only matters when you want it to matter. So, yeah, masculinity is, I don't see the behavior of homosexuality in any form, the behavior, as masculine. So we'll be talking about masculine, I mean, excuse me, masculine. Masculinity, what it means, how it manifests. We'll talk about what people have termed toxic masculinity, which there is no such thing. Because masculinity can't be toxic. Now, you might be talking about machismo or machoism. Yes, those things. And then you say Toxic masculinity, but you're not really even talking about masculinity when you say that. You're talking about machismo and machoism. Those things can be toxic, yes. But masculinity can't be toxic. We'll get into that. I want to thank you for tuning in. You know, um, if you've listened to this, there, there's, there's much more. This is my first episode. Um, I have a lot more that um, I like to say, that we like to uh, put out there. Like I said, we will have guests, men and women, and uh, we will talk about um, many things in our society. Um, and the basis of that will be, will have to do with masculinity in our society and femininity, actually. So I want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, bear with me. I got so many other things that I'm going to bring about. And um, until next time, 
peace in Hagris.